This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with the usual suspects, Isis, Annie Bundle, Corey Thone, and Corey Smith. And we're all here to talk about Game of Thrones Season 7, and we've got some awesome spoilers to talk about this episode. But before we get into it, Annie, we've got some casting call news. Why don't you hit us with that really quick? Um, yeah, we had uh, our first major uh, uh, casting call for uh, for extras th- uh, this week um, in Spain, uh, in uh, northern Spain, and this is basically to uh, for crowd scenes. Um, it was only for men. Um, but it was definitely men of both white and Mediterranean looking, so it's probably armies for both Cersei and for Danny. Um, and uh, basically, the uh, the casting call went out uh, n- not more than twenty four hours before the actual casting happened. Uh, there were only two hundred slots, and the morning of, there were literally a thousand people queued up trying to get in. Wow. Um, yeah, which is basically part of the course for all of the Spanish casting calls, um, because you know it's a it, it, it's a depressed economy. There's a lot of people who are looking for work, and besides, it's being on Game of Thrones. It's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and this will be for filming um, at the end of October, beginning of November. Um, so we have dates now of knowing when they're going to be filming in that area. Um, they've been loading in in Spain in that area, in fact, uh, and some other ones. Um, but we. We haven't actually seen them filming anything yet. Uh, we've only seen them loading in in Spain. We've seen them filming, though, in Ireland. Mm. Um, and that should take us to, uh, if you want to talk about, I don't know, do you yeah. want to move this off? That's a great segue. Um, we, If you remember uh, the dark hedges in Game of Thrones, it's like the two, the, the two sides of a road that have trees growing over. It's a famous landmark in, in Belfast, I believe. Um and or in Ireland, and um, we are returning to that spot in season seven, which means, and Annie, correct me if I'm wrong, we're probably going to get entering or exiting King's Landing. Yeah, basically every time we film at the Dark Hedges, it's uh, Arya. It was like uh, we in season one, it was when Arya left King's Landing um, after Ned had been beheaded. Uh, we saw that same location when Brienne was. Uh, told to leave King's Landing by Jamie when he basically was like, no, get out of here. Um, we've seen that location basically every time someone enters or leaves King's Landing. Right. So 
you know, we are definitely, we already knew we were going to King's Landing this season from other spoiler rumors. Um, but this confirms that we will at least either have an entrance or an exit scene um, in in the capital. Um, Isis, as a as a Shonley, as one of our Shonleys on, on the podcast, um, do you know what we're talking about when we mention the Dark Hedges? I didn't until when she was talking, until Annie was explaining. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Um, so she gave a really great explanation. Of- so this- it's that cops of trees at the beginning of the King's Road, basically. Right. Um, and and they saw Brienne there with um, Jamie and stuff like that when they were going back to King's Landing. I mean, it, and uh, and he said goodbye to her um on down that road and everything. So yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite then, scenes is when Pod's standing there with that goofy yes. grin on his face. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So yeah, I as soon as she mentioned it and she talked about it a little bit, I went, Oh yes, I know exactly what they're talking about. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely you know, it's very picturesque, if you will. And uh so yeah, it's 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 gonna be awesome to see that. It's also really good that they're going back this year because um, last year uh, it was actually hit by one of the major hurricanes that happened in the region um, in uh, in September, October, and uh, some of the trees fell down. Um, so the fact that they are, yeah, the fact that they're going back to it, um, you know, that's actual, that, you know, because the Dark Hedges are also a landmark um, that's uh, protected by the National Trust. Um, any uh, money that they get from Game of Thrones for filming there will go towards protecting it and making sure that it any trees that have fallen down will get replanted. Oh, that's cool. And didn't they didn't they turn those the trees that fell down into those doors that they, they were? They did. They did those. Uh, it was actually a thing last year during the show. Um, they carved a door per episode out of the trees that fell down um, as a tribute to the show. That's amazing. That's awesome. And they were pretty awesome looking doors. They. Each of them depicted like a really iconic scene from the previous episode, so they're pretty awesome. So, and yeah. all all ten of the doors are now on display in the pubs that are all around the filming area. So, if you go to Ireland to basically do the Game of Thrones tour, you can also go to all ten pubs and basically have a beer and see the door that's been carved. And each pub is called the End of the Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got a pretty cool little fun theory to talk about before we get into the spoilers. Um, everybody remembers Jack Gleason, Joffrey, right? Everybody remembers the reign of King Joffrey the Terrible. Well, he was at uh, New York City Comic Con um, and was talking to a room of, of whatever fans, and and he brought up a theory that a fan had introduced to him, and I want to talk about it re- really quick. Not that, Not because I hold a lot of truth to it or believe in it so much, but I think it's kind of fun to talk about. Um, Jack Leeson said that this fan brought up a theory that the way the White Walkers will be defeated at the end of Game of Thrones is that uh, the Iron Throne will be melted down, and those swords will be used to kill the White Walkers. Now, this is assuming that the swords in the Iron Throne are Valyrian still. So I'm going to ask you, Corey Thone. As one of our partial Shonleys, again, I always mention this, you like to look things up on the internet and educate yourself. What do you think about that theory? Do you think that uh, the Iron Throne's made of Valyrian steel swords? Nah. Nah. That seems too, that seems too silly. If they were going to go that route, what I would love to see is for, like, basically, we see John die, we see Danny die, we see everybody die, and then uh, the Night's King, like, goes and walks up the steps and sits down on the 
Iron Throne, and then it's like, oh my ass, and then he like dissolves, and that's like the end of the. Yeah, it's a wanna wanna wanna, and then everybody's like, "So we're not," and then so we're not supposed to have a king, then. So let's just start voting, and then we get like this weird, uh, like White Walker democracy, and it just evolves into Sweden because they're all like really pale and blue eyed and everything. And that's and that's how you get, you know, that's modern like Northern Europe right there. I swear, sometimes I question why I even bother, but yeah, okay, good theory yeah, there. This, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing is that you, you know, you work really hard in your theories, and I pulled that out of my ass, and it had an ending. And you just, you know, I mean, it's pretty impressive on my part. I well, think. congratulations so. to you. I feel like you, uh, you've won today. I won the game. Did I win the Game of Thrones? You won the game I, of Thrones. Well, you certainly won the game of explaining Sweden, except that you forgot to mention why they're so good at Eurovision. <laughs> oh, well, I can actually, I can answer that. So the uh, everybody knows the reigns of Castamere. Oh God! Right? So the White Walkers actually fall in love with, you know, the, the music and stuff that was left over by uh, the, the humans, and they learn to play their own instruments, but because they're cold, uh, the strings are, are much looser and everything, so it's a lot more of a heavy metal sound, if you will, kind of Black sabbath And That's oh how we God. get Lordy and bands like that. You so. are the king of all bullshitters. <laughs> that was genius. Oh that was 2016. All right. that's, that's amazing. Um... Yeah, no, the theory, although, like I said, I don't really hold a lot of truth to it, uh, there is some, some kind of explaining to do. It kind of brings, if any part of this would actually happen on the show, it kind of brings the Targaryen uh, story from the books and the show full circle because the Iron Throne was made by Aegon the, Con- the Conqueror uh, having his dragon, uh, Balerion the Black Dread, uh, breathe fire onto the melted swords of, or onto the swords of his enemies, and that's what created the Iron Throne. Um, and this theory holds that if the Iron Throne's melted down, then it would be uh, Danny's dragon, Drogon, who melts the Iron Throne, turning them into weapons to defeat the White Walkers. And Drogon, in the books, is believed to be the reincarnation of Valerian. So it's kind of a full circle type thing. And, I don't know, kind of a neat little theory, I guess, but I like Cory Thone's explanation much better. So, Cory Thone, uh, like I said, you've won today. Anyway, uh... Moving on to – this, this is your spoiler warning. Uh, we're getting into the spoilers rather early in the podcast. Let's see. It's 10 minutes in, and we're hitting the first spoiler. So I'm going to give you three seconds to turn around. If you don't want to listen to this spoiler, and if you just want to be completely surprised in Season 7, you have three seconds. Three, two, one. All right. Now you're screwed. Get into this. Uh, we have some pictures um, from, I believe, what is it, the Daily Mail? Let me look here. Yeah, Daily Mail. Um, of actress Macy Williams, who plays, of course, Arya Stark on Game of Thrones. In, I would say, I would describe it, and Annie, you are our our clothing fashion expert, I would say northern garb, correct? That is correct. Those are northern leathers. And she's decked out from head to toe. Boots, uh, pants, the whole, whatever you call it, doublet, skirt, everything. Kind of reminds me of... Um, Brienne uh, of Tarth kind of reminds me of her outfit, but brown and northern looking. So, and, and the brown and the brown is actually important because if you know, her, uh, one of the things the show does is it dresses everyone in their house colors. So the fact that she's wearing brown and not gray that that's uh, that that means something, though we don't quite know what. Right. Um, now we did see the big the big picture of last year in filming was catching Kit Harrington. In Saint Field, preparing to film a scene for the Battle of the Bastards, 
He had his man bun. He was rocking the man bun, but he was in blue and browns of House Stark. And that was the big picture. That was the big, huge spoiler of last year. Um, what do you rank this picture up with last year's picture, Annie? Um, I'm not sure if I would rank this picture alone as big as the, you know, I mean, everybody last year was waiting for the John Stark picture to drop mm-hmm. um, or John Snow picture to drop. Like that's we were all sitting there waiting for it. We knew that he was coming back. I mean, you know, we pretend we didn't, but we knew. OK. And the show tried to make us pretend, but we knew. <laughs> so it was merely a matter of whether. And, and the thing is, because they film outside, it was only a matter of time, you know, one of the things that they say about um, terrorists and, uh, and and the police is the police have to be lucky every single time. The terrorist only has to be lucky once. <laughs> Game of Thrones had to be lucky every single time. The photographer only had to be lucky once. I like that you uh, kind of compare the paparazzi to terrorism. That's okay. I don't like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Like, when, when shooting pictures, the paparazzi only had to get lucky once. They only got lucky once, but that was enough. And we got that picture of – I mean, we didn't even see him from the front. We only saw him from the back. Um, and, but we saw his outfit and we knew that we knew basically from that outfit that he was no longer in the night's watch. Um, we knew he was alive and we had a good feeling that he was going back to Winterfell. Um, so it told us a lot. Outfits can tell you a lot. Uh, in this case, this picture is of Maisie leaving the makeup trailer. So we don't actually get to see her on set, but the outfit does tell us a lot. Um, it tells us that she's going north. Uh, because if she were going to King's Landing, she would not be wearing northern leathers. She would be trying to blend in. That's correct, because she would be going down to King. If she were going down to King's Landing, she would be going to try to kill Cersei. And if she was doing that, she would dress in a way that would make her as inconspicuous as possible, much like she dressed at the phrase um, in an outfit where she was basically inconspicuous as a maid. Right. So, Corey Smith, you're, you've got some pretty staunch opinions on this matter. What do you think uh, Macy's outfit says? Well, I mean, I agree with what Annie's saying, that, yeah, she wouldn't be wearing a northern outfit if she was headed to King's Landing, but I don't necessarily think that one precludes the other. Um, I think that she could maybe do both during the season. Um, You know, if they've got everybody in Winterfell that we're going to touch on in a second, you know, maybe she's filming the end of the season right now. You know, maybe she's already made her way to King's Landing, and now she's back in Winterfell. Um, I think she she could do both theoretically during the season without having to exclude the other one. So, um, and and also, you know, to me, and this is just a, a gut instinct. When you look at the outfit, it doesn't look necessarily like something Arya would wear, kind of around her family. Um, and, and and again, I don't necessarily have some sort of crazy you know, evidence to back that up, but it looks very formal. It looks very stiff. It doesn't look like something she would kind of wear if she was just hanging around Winterfell with, with John and Sansa. So to me, I don't know that, I mean, again, not to say that she won't ever meet up with the family and we won't get that stark reunion, you know, between John and, you know, I mean, the one between John and Sansa was, was awesome last year, but the one between John and Arya is going to be even, you know, more touching, you know, that might actually get, even me to cry. So, you know, it just something about the outfit struck me as wrong as far as when she's meeting up with the rest of her family. Well, okay, here's my thing. I don't necessarily think this has to be a I'm wearing this as I'm hanging out with my family type. I think you're right about that. But 
What about this? Like, we know Arya uh, was was left at the Twins. She kills uh, Walder Frey at the end of last season. What if she she find she gets new clothes, buys them, and she's going to Winterfell in this outfit? In this outfit, she's wearing boots. Um, I mean, I know they all basically wear boots, but I mean, it almost looks like a riding outfit. Maybe she's riding to Winterfell in this outfit. Maybe it, it looks like it looks like armor. It looks yeah. like. Actually, right. what it looks like is it looks like the same shape of outfit that Sean Bean worn in season one, that uh, Richard Madden wore in season two, and that Jon Snow or uh, Kit Harrington wore last year. It really calls back to all three of her male relative outfits. Um, my reaction is this is a faceless man outfit and that she is traveling in disguise and that for some reason her face will be displayed either because she gets home to Winterfell or because she run or because she runs into somebody else and they basically waylay her and she doesn't get to Winterfell. Mm, that's a good yeah, point. And, and her hair, the way her hair was done was kind of, it was kind of pinned back, which again to me suggested it, it looked very different from when we see her casually in the past. So I, I don't know. I mean, it definitely was an eye-opening pick, uh, you know, snap, of, of the camera, but I just don't know how much it means because it just so many possibilities as far as, you know, her character's concerned. So I don't know how much definite evidence it points us one way or another. Um, Isis, have you seen the photo? Yes, I did. I saw it when it came out. What and, do you think uh, about it? Um, okay. So I'm going to agree with Annie. Uh, it really does suggest that, you know, this, this may be some kind of, faceless man, faceless person um, situation here, especially when she explained, you know, one thing about Annie is when they talk about costumes on Game of Thrones, I do not question her. Um, She has done a lot of research on this. Agreed. So uh, when she says something like, hey, you know, this is, this is a throwback to to something else. uh, I'm definitely going to go ahead and take her word for it. Um, it is. I did notice his the hair though uh, that Corey had mentioned. the The hair did look different, and um, it, it was a little bit longer. I felt, and and being pinned back was a little bit different. It wasn't something that she normally does. She normally wears it, and I mean, she's normally really dirty and nasty, and has her hair in, in her face. Um, so, it. I I just think that this is all something to show that she's evolving uh, as as whoever she is. And so I'm really interested to see what's going to come out of out of this. Um, I don't want to speculate too much just because, you know, we well, we can speculate all we want. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just I just feel like there's going to be a Stark family reunion and I'm just bracing for it. And, I, and, and maybe pulling her hair out of her face is going to make her look a little bit older to show that maybe some time has elapsed. Um, you know, her hair a little bit longer, things like that. And uh, so that's what, what it really called to me. You bring up a good point, and I want to I give my thought on this really quick. Um, while I do agree 100%, Annie is, is absolutely, without a doubt, the go-to person for our fashion sense on Game of Thrones. I would never question her on that. I do think that this is either Arya traveling to Winterfell or Arya maybe – bracing to fight a battle at Winterfell with her siblings. I don't know if we're going to have a battle in the north. I don't know that. Um, but I think that this this speaks this speaks the north to me. And remember, uh, Arya is a tomboy. She's always been a tomboy. 
Um, she, the, her first interaction in, in Game of Thrones on season one, I think episode one, is she shot the target before Bran did. Uh, so she's always wanted to be one of the, one of the boys, better than the boys. And, um, wearing this outfit just says to me, it's just normal Aria wear to me. And you you brought up a good point. She's pulling the hair back in this picture. It's, it's pulled back. Um, she looks much more grown up in this picture than she ever has on Game of Thrones. And to me, this says, Hey, I'm mature. I'm, I'm returning home. I'm not the little girl that you guys knew. Before I left, we're all grown up, and we're all different people now. That's kind of what it says to me. Corey Thone, have you had time to look at the picture yet? Yeah, I looked at it. Okay, well, what do you think? She's definitely in this season. <laughs> <laughs> have, I, have I told you how much I hate you sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. All right, so I don't know. I'm not the guy that notices things like that, I guess. It looks... Looks like she's wearing um, the same kind of outfit that people that – because, I mean, I guess it does. You could say it kind of looks like Bella Ramsey's, but she would be dressed down because the Mormonts aren't flashy. Right. Uh, I would say it more mimics – I don't know what you saw from people wearing in the north that don't live in Winterfell, like the uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners and stuff kind of wore this, this like utilitarian outfits that were designed for travel and not really for – Looks or anything like that. Um, it definitely looks like she, while she is traveling, maybe north. I don't think her idea is she's going to get to Winterfell. She might not even know, you know. But uh, I don't think her idea is like, oh, I'm going to go home. Like I think it's more. I've still got people to kill, and so <laughs> she's, she's dressing in, in a way that like people out in the woods in the north dress. So, yeah. Okay. It looked a lot cleaner than what she had normally been wearing, though. You have to admit that. Like, she looked like she's had a bath. And so it's uh, it's actually really nice to see that. that well, that, she- yeah, that outfit looks brand new. Whatever it is, it's brand new. It's not like her ragged stuff she was wearing in Bravos or, you know, when she was on the on the road, you know, in, like, seasons three and four. So it's, it's brand new outfit, whatever it is. She probably did have a bath. She probably killed Walter Frey. Went to his room, took a bath in his room. Like, totally, completely owned him. I killed you, now I could take a bath. Um, so, uh, t- speaking of family reunions, our next big spoiler is, and Annie, I want you to start us off with this. Because this is pretty exciting to me, but I want you to, to uh, lead us into this story. And it has to do with Bran. Yeah, so today a photo came out of Maisie and Bran together in the makeup trailer either getting ready to film or just after filming. Now, this picture is very exciting for everybody because Bran and Maisie on set together getting ready to film at the same time. That doesn't tell you that they're in the same scene, but they are getting ready to film at the same time. Now, the more important part, though, was the part that came afterwards, which is that these pictures apparently date from the same pictures where we saw John and Brienne and all of the other ones coming out of the makeup trailer the other week. All of this was from the same day. So Brienne, Jon Snow, Maisie Williams, Bran Stark, um, uh, uh, Davos, um, uh, 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 Tormund, we saw (laughs) yeah, everybody all of the Winterfell people and all of the Starks all together filming on the same day. 
I mean, this is the holy grail of what we've been waiting for. This is getting the band back together. You know, this is this is we haven't seen these people together since what episode one of season one? Yeah, one or two. Two. One or two. Like we haven't seen these people together since the very beginning. So this is the final contraction of bringing all of the Starks back home together. Now, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we've seen we've seen Arya almost make it home and then have it yanked out from under her. Right. 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 So there's always the possibility that, you know, she's basically trying to get to Winterfell or she's happened to pass Winterfell and Bran happens to be in a tree and they sort of pass like two ships in the night. Happens to be in a tree. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or or she kind of looks up and she looks at Winterfell and she goes, no, I'm not going to go there. It's just a silly place. And keeps going. (laughs) Like there's so many possibilities that this could not actually happen. But all of them were there. They were on set together. What do you think's gonna happen? I know what I want to happen. Basically, it's Occam's razor, right? This is the easiest thing. They're all gonna be back together. <laughs> They're all gonna be in Winterfell because look at that, Winterfell, not Winterfell. Winterfell. I know. I was like Winterfell. Sorry, my bad. I'm really excited. Like... <laughs> I'm really excited about these pictures. But also, and a side note, who the hell is getting away with taking all these pictures? <laughs> how, and how are they doing this? Um, with, with long lens cameras. Um, one person we did not get a picture of, though, Sansa. is Sansa. Yeah. So could we be having a family reunion and Sansa literally left with Littlefinger, like, right before it happened? Well, Aiden Gillen was, was – his picture was taken in the same area, wasn't it? Yes, he, he – Aiden Gillen was one of who, – who was there. And the fact of the matter is, is that wherever Sansa goes, Bran is going to follow. So the fact that Brienne is there is a really good sign that Sansa is still there. And we just – they someone didn't happen to get her picture as she came out the makeup trailer. Like, you know, let's let's really hope that's what it is. And what's funny, too, is being that uh, Maisie – and um, I forgot her name now, the girl who plays Sansa. Sophie Turner. Sophie. Uh, are really good friends. So you would uh, you would think that you would see them on set together a lot, especially if there's been a Stark family reunion. Because I know, I mean, they're really good friends in, in like, real life. And so um, I would think that if they were together on set, which they haven't been really on set to, at the same time together in forever – um, I think that uh, it would be really, really easy to to catch Sansa, but it may be something that you know Game of Thrones is kind of doing to try to throw us off the scent that they're you know either hiding away uh, Sansa or you know they may have Arya walking out of the trailer, but she's not filming any scenes. You know, like they got her dressed up just to throw us off the scent, which you know the show has done before um you know putting people on the set but not really using them um so that could be another alternative too that here we are we are just spinning our wheels um trying to figure out why is aria there and why is she in the garb and what is this and we may not even see her in that well we talked about this whenever last year whenever john snow or kid harrington was seen I remember conversations with Dan, our editor-in-chief at WIC, several times talking about this could be uh, D&D trolling us, David Benioff and Dan Wise trolling the fans, just throwing Kit Harrington up on up on, up on top of a field and let everybody speculate. But obviously it wasn't a troll job. It was the obvious. He was actually fighting in the Battle of the Bastards. He was alive. I, I If you have Macy Williams on set, you have to pay her. Um, you, you're, that's valuable time. 
Um, and plus, there's another point. Another point to be made here is just because we didn't see her with Sophie Turner, um, her and Bran could be doing the same scenes at the same time, uh, Arya and Bran. So maybe they're preparing the makeup and getting ready at the same time, and maybe uh, Sophie's in another scene somewhere down the line. Okay, well then I will submit this to you. Maybe it's going to be what they're going to show of – see, now now you got me speculating and shit. Okay. <laughs> That's what so we're here maybe, for. Uh, maybe it's actually uh, – Maisie is at sh- shooting scenes – for something that happens in the future, and Bran is actually seeing it, just like he saw, you know, his young father, and and he saw uh, Hodor and everything like that. He's actually going to, you know, they're maybe filming a scene that's not happening really at that time, but a future, uh, a future that she may have, and that's what a he's future seeing. without Sansa. It could be all kinds of things, but I'm just saying that, you know, it, it could be the fact that it's not her going to, uh, you know, back home or anything like that the way we're thinking. Um, it could be some, you know, linear. It could be something that is a flash forward, if you will. So Maybe Cor- Bran is working into her? <laughs> Bran works Arya. But Corey Phone, do you, uh, do, you, do you buy into the time travel? thing or do you just go with the easiest explanation i was just honestly at this point because the show we talked about it some last year how i mean while we're still watching last season that the show is getting a little bit more linear and getting kind of reeling it in because they're running out of characters in time i'm I'm, honestly i'm hoping they really don't get too deep into the time travel stuff because they're honestly there's going to have to be some exposition with that and because you can't just have it start happening, you know. So right. I'm thinking it's more of an easier explanation than all that. But the hell do I know? I mean, I just said that I thought the Night's King would ass melt on a chair of swords. So <laughs> the only words he says in the entire show is "Oh my ass." Oh my, yeah, that's his last. Like, oh my ass, and he's like, he's or he's got like a really bad lisp. Like, oh my ass, and it's like. <laughs> Melts, melts Corey, down. do you know that you are made for freaking fan fiction? Yeah. <laughs> what makes you think that I don't already I write this insane amounts of fan fiction? But not for anything you've all read. It's mostly like like Dan Marino fan fiction <laughs> in an alternate Ace Ventura universe. It's really good, though. It's really, I, I'm sure it is. Now I have no, to read I, this. <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, I think that it's an easier answer that... Uh, Sansa just wasn't filming that day. Yeah, <laughs> that we were we were doing more with. Or she, uh, she hasn't finished her hair quite yet, you know. Like, like or that. that, yeah, that could be something as well. She has a lot of hair, so. And she's got to get it turned red again. It's blonde, so there you go. Oh, um, um, I didn't know that. Okay, so we've pretty much uh, got all the uh, spoilers out of the way, and um, there, there's some pretty exciting news, and uh, we'll let you speculate away and at home and, and decide what you think about it. But what we're going to talk about now is it's, it's no secret here on take the black that we have our, your, your three, uh, solid book nerds, Annie, Corey Smith, and myself. We've read the books multiple times, uh, could probably name off most of the characters by heart, which house they belong to and describe their coat of arms. And then we also have our two beloved Shonleys. Show only watchers like Isis and Corey Thone. What we're going to talk about here for a few minutes before we wrap up this podcast is what we would like to see 
each person from from our our different perspectives what we would like to see in season seven. Now, what I'm talking about is for my for myself as a book reader. Um, what I would like to see in season seven is bringing in maybe some book characters that we know of that we've read about in the books, or or maybe um, you know like have a flashback in Brand's Weirwood dreams. Uh, Annie and I have talked about this before on the podcast, seeing the false spring, maybe Rhaegar Targaryen, maybe a little bit of Rhaegar and Lyanna together, or maybe Ned Stark traveling back to Winterfell with maybe John, something like that, that that points back to stories that weren't um, completely spelled out in the book, so we had to guess for so long. But I want to get perspectives from each of you, and I want to start with Isis as a Shonley, and you strictly are a straight-up Shonley. Uh what would you like to see in season seven from your perspective? Okay. Uh, well, from my perspective, now that you know we have established that we can go ahead and um, look back at you know what has happened in the past uh, with uh, with Bran, I, I really feel like there needs to be some answers of who knew that you know who John uh, not John Stark. Uh, John, John Snow, yeah, John like, Snow, well, John Targaryen, whatever. Um, <laughs> first of all, I want to know what his sister uh, whispered in her in to his ear. Okay, his um, name. I want to show. I want to see a little bit of how John grew up with his quote unquote brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, that would be a really nice lead in, especially if we get the family coming back together again. Oh, that's a good point. I, I think that's a really so good point. If, if we, it, that would be a really good kind of segue, if you will, uh, of bringing the family back together, it, of showing, you know, maybe John, you know, growing up in the Stark household, um, you know, maybe being more closer to some family members than others. Um, so I, I really, really want to see that, that whole aspect. Any scene with uh, Mormont in it, uh, Liliana Mormont, is fucking gold to yeah. me. Liana okay? Mormont's awesome. I, we love her. Definitely. I will freaking eat that all flipping day. I will. Wa- I will watch her chew through a scene <laughs> if, if she could. I mean, and I think she could do it. I think if it, I think she has the the um, capabilities of keeping people engaged and her just like freaking laying waste to uh, to people. And uh, so I just I really think that. Um, that's something that I'm looking forward to as a as a show only watcher, and um, and and I really want to get Cersei's storyline. And I'm probably chewing through a lot of stuff, but uh, okay. I want to get um, Cersei's storyline wrapped up before we go and we stay in the North for a while. Because mm. I'm assuming, again, I'm assuming as a show only watcher that we're going to go ahead and deal with Danny and Cersei in this season, in this part season, as I, as I call it, um, and then the season eight, you know, season seven B, really, uh, we're going to go ahead and deal with the White Walkers. Um, so, and that's me just assuming, but I feel like we really need to go ahead and wrap up that whole storyline in season seven. So you don't think um, Cersei survives season seven? Oh, in the hell no. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't think, I don't think Cersei's going to survive that. I mean, um... I, I just at, at this point, if she did survive it, I would I I don't know I wouldn't be very excited about it. <laughs> I, it's almost one of those things that you, you're as a, a show only watcher. Uh, when I was watching um, 
Cersei's son die, I was like, yes, finally! And and it was, if he would have stayed alive, I would have been very disappointed that this guy's still alive. Which one, Joffrey but, or Tommen? Joffrey. Okay. Yeah, Tommen. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like a little kitty cat. Like, you cannot wish, you know, harm on him. Poor kid. And, um... Uh, so, so that's my my picks. That if, if you know all I got was that, um, I think I would be pretty excited about season seven. Yeah, you don't ask for much. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. If you ask my husband, then he'd tell you different. But no, I don't think I ask for much. Corey Smith, uh, as a book reader, as somebody who uh, can often match wits with the best of us book readers, uh, you you sir are I would, I would I would even call you master level knowledge of Game of Thrones. Uh, how would you? How would you? What would you want to see in season seven? Um, well, you know, coming up from a, from a book standpoint, you know, in the books we get a, a lot more of a heavy dose of kind of lore and history. You know, things um, they hint about it. People tell stories, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'd like to see some of those things explained. Um, the biggest um, would be, you know, things like the wall. Um, they they kind of touched on it at the end um, when Benjamin when Uncle Benjamin told uh, Bran that the wall was more than just ice, um, which kind of seems obvious if you think you know uh, ice wall doesn't really do good to keep people made of ice out <laughs> of your country. Yeah, uh, but. So I'd like to see some of that stuff explored because they've hinted at it in the books, you know, that it was built with a purpose and that it had spells woven into it. Um, in the books, they make a big point about Melisandre, you know, when she's at the wall, all of her powers are amplified and she has, she can do things that normally she had to rely on, like using tricks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, season six to me from a, from a book reader standpoint, they started getting a lot into some of the history and some of, you know, the, the background on why things are actually ha- happening. So we got that with the wall, kind of the wall explanation. Um, we got that with, you know, when we saw the creation of the white walkers, right. um, by the children of the forest. So I'd like to see them continue to kind of go down that rabbit hole, so to speak, and, and give us some more kind of explanations as to why things have kind of been set in motion and have taken thousands of years to kind of wrap up. So, you know, I mean, anything like that, I'm always, you know, nerding out when I watch the show. So I'd, I'd love, you know, more of that stuff. You want to be able to nerd. I like that nerd out, like, yeah, get excited about things you've seen in the books on, on the screen. Right. Cause I mean, even, you know, before Benjamin made his comment, I told, you know, anytime I was talking to Shonley fans, you know, and they'd be like, well, why don't the White Walkers just sail around the wall? Or why don't they <laughs> climb it like, like Tormund and John climbed it, you know? And, you know, what the hell is taking the White Walkers so long to go south? You know, they're just walking around, you know, what's taking them so long? And I used to always tell them, well, you know, in the books, they hint at the fact that the wall is more than just uh, ice. So, you know, to me, you know, when you get little confirmations of your little book theories uh, on the show, especially considering we're, we're past the books at this point. So anything that they're putting up there is something that George has told them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, I kind of nerd out a little bit because you're like, oh, my gosh, that kind of confirms the thing I argued on Reddit for four and a half <laughs> hours. You know, so <laughs> stuff like that is, is, is fun to me. So I'd love to see kind of more of that stuff. Annie, what about you? Oh, um, well, you know, I've said before that what I'd really like to see is a flashback to hard home or to uh, 
the year in the fall, spring, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Harrenhal. Right. Um, I've also really want to see. Uh, I really want to see uh, Mira go home, and Helen Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a big hint. That, that's a big, you know, big old hint that's been sitting around in the books. Um, that I would really like to see. Uh, in general, though, I'll be honest. I just want the story to move forward. I mean, I love, and I say this is someone who loves book lore and loves histories and literally, like, spent a year where I wrote, like, tons of little history posts for Wick, um, where I, like, summarized a lot of the religious stuff and I summarized a lot of, like, the history of Valeria and the Doom of Valeria. I love all that stuff. That stuff is totally, like, my thing. Yeah. But at the same time, we only have 14 episodes at most. Right. I'd like to see things move. Um, I'd like to see Cersei go down. I'd like to see if weird theories like we're going to melt down the Iron Throne to get a bunch of Valerian steel swords <laughs> is actually a thing. Um, I'd like to see, uh, or, or if it's not a thing, then where the hell are they going to get a bunch of Valerian steel swords at this hour? Right. I mean, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's not like 7-Eleven sells them 24-7. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like, there's so many things that I just, I would like them to, one of the things about George's books that drive me the most bonkers, especially since Feast for Crows, is get on with it already. I want the show to get on with it already. Right. That's what I want. Even as a book reader, I mean, there's tons of things that I want to see. I would have loved to have spent an entire season in a prequel. I would have loved to have spent, you know what, no, we have 14 episodes left. Let's move. That's a good point. I I think, though, that you can kind of service both. Um, You know, because even like little, like what I was kind of touching on, Benjamin's one little comment about the wall being more than just ice, you know, confirmed a plethora of kind of book stuff. So I think you can, I know we only have 14 episodes left, but I think you can walk a little balance, you know, little comment here, a little comment there. And, you know, and it can confirm a lot of stuff that we've always been talking about as book readers. So I think you can kind of do both. I don't think you have to do one or the other. Hmm. Well, yeah, I see where both of you coming from. Like you have to, you only have a few episodes left, so you've got to really hit it home with each episode. You don't have yeah, uh, you don't ha- you don't have the luxury of having uh, a ten episode season where you can spend an entire episode watching Arya walk around Bravos, saying uh, cockles, clams, and whatever. Like you, you don't you don't have that time. You have to actually spend the time moving forward. But I also see where you're coming from. While they're moving forward, they could say, "Oh yeah, look at the wall. It's got spells in it." Can't you see? Uh, you know, whatever. Or there's an ice dragon in the wall. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, speaking of ice dragons, Corey Thone, uh, what would you like to see as um, ice dragons? Ice dragons. Ice dragons. <laughs> ice dragons. Uh, what else would you like Big to see? Surprise. Uh, you know, honestly, ice has kind of hit a lot of things that I was hoping to see. So I guess one of the things she didn't bring up that that I've talked about before that I'm just incredibly interested in because they've talked about him on the show. We've seen young Helen Reed. I want to see Helen Reed. I want to see Mir's dad, I guess, is how most people on the show are going to know who he is uh, when and if that time comes. And, you know, I, I mean, honestly, the the lore around this guy on the show now, just for Shonleys, is still pretty intense if you're able to connect dots. He right. sends his magical children or his magical son and badass warrior Xena daughter to to help Bran 
which did Howland I, I really can't remember. I know Jojen said I'm here to help you, but did Howland know what they were going to go do? Did they just leave? I don't know. He sent them. Uh, exactly. Uh, he, of course, in the show, he didn't get a letter from Rob. Is that right? Right. Right. Okay. So though that is something that didn't happen in the show that apparently did happen in the books, whatever. But in the show, what we have seen is we have seen that Howland is the only other person that knows who John's mom is, mm-hmm. who the dad is, uh, and the kind of man that um, Ned Stark truly was, and you know, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing, right? And that and that knows all the secrets of Westeros <laughs> that <laughs> that could really really stir shit up and he's just chilling on Hal's floating castle somewhere <laughs> out in the woods and I don't know what's going on but uh you know he is one of the most intriguing characters to me because of what he knows what he apparently knows that other people don't know like not just Jon Snow's parent you know, parents but hey son and daughter load up a bag full of you know llamas bread and go find uh Linda's go, bread <laughs> Linda's bread yeah and go find uh Go find this this magic paralyzed Stark kid out in the woods with his with his giant carrier and that hot chick who was apparently in Harry Potter, and uh, they're gonna you're gonna go north and teach him how to be a wizard. And it's like, what is happening? Like, uh, so I, there's a lot with Helen Reed that I don't know that we don't know as show watchers. We don't know. I know that there is more backstory to him, to the Reeds in general, to the the type of people that necessarily live in that apparently swampy area. They're almost a different kind of person than the rest of people in the North. They're even more like into the old gods and all that kind of stuff. They right. Really so are, they're, yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of strange. So I, I want that. I want to see that. And, uh, if I was to pick one more thing, Hmm. I, I would honestly agree completely with what Annie said. If we are going to see new people, if we're going to introduce new characters, Let's get it out of the way. Let's get these battles going. Let's move it along because there's only, what, 14 hours left of Game of Thrones? Right. Probably so, 13, 14 at the, at, 14 at the most. Okay. So, yeah, let's, let's move it along, guys. Let's let's get some stuff cracking. Uh, you know, you've had several seasons of very George R. R. Martin TV where everything is slow and prodding. You don't have time for that now. We've got to, we've got to put some stank on it. Let's feed it up. Let's get some... <laughs> Let's get some people dead. Let's get some stuff. There's some castles raised. Come on, let's go. You know? We don't. We don't. Today, thank you, Candy. We've got to move. We don't have a lot of time for setup episodes anymore. It's all got to be like hot action right from the beginning to the end, I guess. Or moving the story forward anyway. I I like I like your answer. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you guys hit on all the topics. Really, there's really nothing more I can say that you haven't said already. I do want to see. The wall fall. That's like a big thing to me. Like I know that Corey Smith mentioned the fact that he wants to know more about the wall, but I want to see it come falling down. Like I want to see what kind of cataclysmic event might happen around the wall falling. Like you know, I, I can I can imagine everybody in the north actually feeling the ground shake when it falls. You know, um, and then I want to see the White Walker army. The undead, army of the undead, and the White Walkers just come pouring over the rubble. And then, like one of the last scenes you see is Ed, Ed Toilet as a as a zombie. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. It would be heart wrenching, but it'd be amazing. It would be a great way to end the season. But 
that's going to do it for our show tonight. It's a 45-minute episode, so you're welcome. We're getting out of here kind of early, and that's okay. Sometimes you don't have to record two hours every night. But uh, anyway, for myself, for Isis, for Annie, for Corey Thone and Corey Smith, thanks for listening to us. We'll be back next week. Make sure that you put in the comments any topics you'd like us to cover. We'll definitely cover them. And uh, once again, thanks for listening. For Law Mogulis. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.